Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zazlo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. 
That's 800-747-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. They believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslow loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. All right, welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, the 2nd of March. Good to have you aboard. We are a Blue Wire podcast. However you're listening to us, I appreciate you. I love you a long time. Make sure you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that good stuff. That's good for the algorithm. Then everybody knows the algorithm makes me the monies, and everybody's so happy. Everybody's thrilled. So we got a lot to get to today. We got a lot going on here. I think we're going to have some fun. We're going, to talk, we're going to talk some wrestling. We're going to talk some combat sports today. Alex Marvez, All Elite Wrestling, used to cover the Dolphins. Everybody knows that. Sirius XM NFL Radio, he's going to join us on the show today. Huge pay-per-view this weekend for AEW Revolution. My man, Yuli Diaz, local fighter. He just won a fight in London this past weekend. 
We're going to get my man Yuli. He hasn't been on the show in a few months. So, yeah, we're going to get Yuli on the show here. We're going to talk to him as well. So we're going to do a lot of combat sports kind of deal. We're going to get you updated up to speed on what's going on with AEW this weekend. But obviously the big story is the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat last night are going to take a quick back seat so I can tell you right quick what I've been up to this morning. Great morning. And by the way, everybody knows everything Zaslow Show 2.0 is presented by our title sponsor, Anna Jar and Levine. Accident attorneys, if you had an accident, if you got an injury, you need to make sure they help you get right. You deal with your health, let them take care of the extra stuff. 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. Those are the guys I trust. They're behind me. They support me. And those are the guys I trust. If you're dealing with an injury, I send you to them. Nobody is better at it. You call 911 first, then you get an attorney on the phone immediately when you call 800-747-3733. My guys there, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. So... I would be in a bad mood because I'm about to talk about the heat, but I can't be in a bad mood. I'm in a great mood. I had a great morning today. So I mentioned yesterday how I was going to be on the Levitard show. That's right. Hot tip. Had it planned for a couple weeks now. I figured, hey, day before, let's tell everybody. And I did the local hour this morning in studio at the Clevelander with the Levitard show. So you can go right now. You could watch it. It's on the YouTube or, you know, the podcast, whatever you want to do. So this morning, I was there in studio with those guys. Really fun. Had a great time. Had a hard time sleeping last night. That's right. I was very excited. Had a hard time sleeping last night because it also seems like a lot of you guys out there, when I I mentioned it on social media, it got a really good reaction yesterday. That made me feel really good. I think there's probably a lot of people who were were watching the show or listening to the show. Like, I don't know. If, if you're a listener of Zaslow Show 2.0 and you've been listening for a while now and you're a big fan of mine, I love you a long time, obviously. But I think you'd be surprised at how many people out there still have no idea what I'm doing. No idea. They're big fans of my show and they, they don't know where they could find me. They don't know that I'm doing this. They don't know that I still have a show. They don't know about Zaslow Show 2.0. So hopefully there was a lot of people who watched uh, today or listened to the Levitard show and like, oh, nice, Zaslow. I didn't even know he had, an, he had a podcast. So hopefully get a bunch of extra subscribers. Maybe you're listening right now. You saw me on the Levitard show today. You're awesome. I'm glad to have you aboard. So I had trouble sleeping last night. Everybody had me really excited. It seemed like a lot of people were looking forward to my appearance. Um, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of fun. We talked about the heat. We talked about the Panthers. We, we talked a little bit about the Dolphins. It was about, uh, about an hour. Did the local hour, all right, with the whole crew. I will tell you, so major adjustment for me. Well, let me say a couple things. Uh, obviously, you watch Levitard Show, you listen to Levitard Show. That show moves fast, man. It moves because there's so many people. And that was an adjustment for me because I've been doing Zaslow Show 2.0, obviously. It's only me, except for when I have a, a great guest on, you know. It's only me. So... That was a bit of an adjustment today, not just because they're, you know, I'm, I'm talking to other people now, but there's so many of them. There's a lot of people on the show. So it was moving fast. I hope it came out okay. I'm trying to fit in. I want to fit out. I'm trying to fit in. So I think they were happy with it. I was really happy with it. I hope it's not the last time. So 
Go check that out. That'll be a lot of fun. It was really good seeing all those guys that have been a long time. And it was fun. I watched them every day. And and then being in the studio, it's uh yeah, it was it was cool. It was fun being in that spot. So go check that out. They were really nice to me and I had a great time. Obviously, people were looking forward to Zazlow and fake Zazlow. Yes! There was a lot of fake Zazlow, as you would imagine. Uh, I'm real Zazlow, all right? Fake Zazlow's Mike Ryan. Everybody knows that. And there was a lot of that. I know you guys are really into that. You love it. So go check that out. I had a great time, so I'm obviously in a great mood. And uh, and there you have it. So anyway, we talked heat basketball. Got a lot of that out of my system for them. But I, I still got more here as far as the heat go. Last night, the heat gets smoked by the Sixers. And... And here's, here's how dismayed I was with that performance last night. It's, it's like mid-third quarter, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm done with this shit. Yeah, you're moving to the small TV heat. The heat got the small TV. On the big TV, put my stories on. Was watching AEW Dynamite. That's going to make me happy right now. The heat are making me unhappy. Heat get banished. To the small TV last night. And they're banished because small TV's mute, obviously. So they were banned. They were punished. I punished them last night. They didn't respond to the punishment. They still ended up losing last night. So you find out the game starts. I don't know if anyone else felt this way. The game starts. And there's no Joel Embiid. And the first thing I say is, oh shit, we're in trouble. We play terrible against a team that is without its star player. You know this. It's happened several times this year. If a team is without their star, we can't win. If a team plays with their star... I mean, last week, Milwaukee, we lost by 100 points. No Giannis. He left after six minutes. We beat Philadelphia full strength a few days ago. Last night, no one beat. Get our ass kicked. We're terrible against a team that is without their star players. You knew we were in trouble at that point. But the game gets going... And it's looking like, okay, you know, Jimmy Butler, he was, he's unhappy. We, he's tired of the losing. And then we get like, we get a big time Jimmy performance a few days ago in Philadelphia. And I told you guys about this. I think we may need playoff Jimmy the rest of the way here. Can't wait until the playoffs for Jimmy Butler to really turn on, you, you know, uh, uh, turn, I guess, turn on the switch. That's what, that's the phrase I'm looking for. Can't, may not be able to wait for it. At this point, we only got 19 games remaining. And Jimmy gets going early yesterday. Off to a great... So I'm like, okay, maybe maybe we're going to be all right there without Embiid. Them not having Embiid, that's big trouble for us. Maybe we're going to be okay. Maybe we're getting a, a playoff Jimmy performance. And then Jimmy goes to the bench late in the first quarter. Bam goes to the bench late in the first quarter. And, like, the bench killed us last night. The Heat were ahead after the first quarter. They're not playing any defense. And we gave up 34 points in the first quarter. We were ahead. But then the bench comes in. Butler and Bam are out with like two and three minutes left in the first quarter. They come back with like seven and eight minutes left in the second quarter. And that stretch right there, we got killed. So it was one thing that we're not defending. And the Sixers had 71 points at halftime. Well, we had 38 in the first quarter. And once Bam and Jimmy went to the bench, and then our atrocious bench came in the game, Oladipo, Struess, Caleb Martin. We can't score anymore. And we only put up 15 points in the second quarter. Game over. Game over. 
That bet, like Victor Oladipo, what the hell was he doing last night? And I've been sitting here defending Oladipo all year. I like Victor Oladipo. Holy shit, was he bad last night? Just giving the, just giving them the ball. And we know his shot selection is very poor. wasn't so bad last night, but in general, shot selection is super poor. And then you got Max Struess, who can't shoot. I talked about this, well, we talked about it with Tom Haberstroh, actually, a couple weeks ago, right? Where you go, and I mentioned this on the Levitard show today with, with Amin El-Hassan. Here's, here's a, a major problem with the Heat this year. The three-point shooting, right? And by the way, not only did the bench kill us because they can't shoot, they can't score. You look at, at halftime, the Heat had four three-pointers. Well, they made three in the second half. The Heat had four three-pointers. The Sixers had 11. Guess who's winning? Guess who's up double? Guess who's up by 18 points at halftime? That's the league now. Like, I hate that part about the league, that it's essentially a three-point shooting contest, but that's the league now. And you look at Vincent and Struess in particular, who are having very down years from three. You know, Gabe Vincent, and I like Gabe Vincent, you guys know that. Gabe Vincent, last year shot 37% from three. It's good. It's not great, it's good. This year, 32%. Not good. The year before that, 31%. So, and I'm not going to use his rookie year. He only played nine games, whatever. So the three years that he played a lot, he only had one good year from three last year. They were a great three-point shooting team. Team almost made the finals. You look at Max Struess, and we've had this conversation about Max Struess. Max Struess this year is shooting 33.5% from three. It's not good. Last year, he shot 41%. The Heat were the best three-point shooting team, went to the finals. The year before that, Max Struess, 34% three-point shooter. Two of Max Struess's three full years, his rookie year only played two games. Two of his three full years in the league, he's been a below-average three-point shooter. For guys like Vincent and Struess, unfortunately, last year was the anomaly. They're not great three-point shooters. They're below-average three-point shooters. Last year was an anomaly, and the team was great from three. And then you also take Duncan Robinson out of the equation, of course. Can't stay on the floor because he can't defend. Plus, his production has gone down every year since 2020. I mean, he's not a bad three-point shooter, but he's not as good as he was then, or at least statistically. And you don't have any three-point shooting. Now, Kyle Lowry was supposed to play a little bit of a factor here. He quit. He's not playing anymore. I don't know where he is. I know that after the game, he, he had more hugs and kisses with Sixers than he has games played this year. I know that. I know that. That bothers me. A lot of hugging and kissing after the game with Philadelphia 76ers after the Heat lose by 23. How about less hugs and kisses, more games played? How about that? So you factor in all of that, and all of a sudden we're a bad three-point shooting team this year. And unfortunately, that's where the game is right now. If you don't make your threes, you lose. And the Sixers were 15 to 39 from three. The Heat were 7 to 29. And if we're not going to defend like we did the other game, where the Sixers only scored 99, then we got no shot. Because this is a terrible offensive team, and we can't shoot. And if another team is able to get going and score, we cannot keep up. And that's what happened last night. Last night was fr- I-, I banished them to a small TV. I had to. I had to get them off the big television. I, I had to get someone that was going to make me feel good because I was excited about being on the Levitard show the next morning. So I, I didn't want to go to sleep angry about the heat. I went to sleep excited instead about watching my stories 
Huge AEW pay-per-view this weekend. Revolution. We'll talk to Alex Marvez coming up in a few minutes. But also, I was excited about being on the Levitard show today. So go check out their local hour after you, after you listen to all of Zaslow's show 2.0, of course. So I told you yesterday, brand new sponsor on Zaslow show 2.0. Love it. Broward Meat and Fish. That's right. Brand new sponsor. I'm going to tell you about them right now. If you love good food, stop what you're doing. We all want the best quality when we're prepping our next meal, right? Broward Meat and Fish is your one stop for fresh meat, seafood, produce. You got a complete selection of groceries. It's a full supermarket. See, I didn't know that before I went last week with my man Juan from Johnny Cuba. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba at Broward Meat and Fish as well, by the way. I'll tell you more about that in a second. But we went by there last week. Full supermarket, all right? Huge selection of groceries, frozen foods, freshly prepared hot food, deli meats. They'll make you that boar's head sub. Cheeses, wine, so much more. That's right. I was at Broward Meat and Fish last week. Like I said, I was repping Johnny Cuba with my man Juan. I had no idea it was this massive supermarket, okay? And now you do as well. So Broward Meat and Fish, I can get everything I need. The butchers, the fishmongers at their full-service meat and seafood counters, they'll prepare your selection exactly how you want it. You'll get the perfect cut, the freshest flavor and quality. And here's also what I love about Broward Meat and Fish. They specialize in serving the Caribbean and Latin community in South Florida for almost 30 years. They know our community. Broward Meat and Fish offers all the products that remind all of us where we come from. The shelves are stocked with all kinds of international brands, including Jamaica, from Haiti, Mexico, Brazil, Colombia, Argentina, Peru. You're getting the flavor you love at Broward Meat and Fish. Go to BrowardMeatandFish.com. Find the location nearest you. Got one right here in Pembroke Pines, very close to where I live. But including the newest location in Margate, grand opening this Saturday. It's going to be a party there. Food, drinks, live music, they're raffling off prizes, 10A to 4P, Broward Meat and Fish Plus in Margate, newest location. And hey, we're going to be giving stuff away with Johnny Cuba. We're going to be giving samples out. Make sure at Broward Meat and Fish, Johnny Cuba, picante sauce, finest Jamaican peppers. You know what I'm talking about. I love a good hot sauce. You pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba at Broward Meat and Fish as well, but come by and give out a bunch of samples as well on Saturday. Broward Meat and Fish, Margate location, this Saturday, 10A to 4P. I'm going to see you there. All right, this is a huge weekend, all right? Huge pro wrestling weekend. Everybody, of course, knows Zaslow Show 2.0. It's still real to me. Pro wrestling podcast every Saturday. We also do an extra show when there's a a premium live event or a pay-per-view. So you, you, you may get two episodes this weekend of It's Still Real to Me. But joining us here, we have a huge weekend, AEW Revolution. Alex Marvez, of course, everybody who listens to Zaslow Show 2.0, members Alex from covering the Dolphins, covered football down here for a very long time, Sirius XM NFL Radio, AEW as well. Alex, really good to have you on Zaslow Show 2.0. I'm sure everybody enjoys seeing you here. And uh, th- this is you're out there in San Francisco. This is Revolution. I was at Revolution last year. It was in Orlando. Is Revolution the top pay-per-view for AEW. Is there a distinction yet between the pay-per-views? Uh, you know, inter- interestingly enough, it's sort of seasonal, right? It, when it comes to buy rates and things like that, where, you know, the more competition there is, quite honestly, the, the 
more struggles you have to sell your product. I mean, if you look at our numbers, you know, you try to judge, okay, did we present a main event that was hot? Did we compel the, you know, we have our, our obviously our hardcore audience that's going to buy our shows no matter what. And, and we feel like we deliver. Obviously, that's why our numbers keep expanding. We keep growing to that proverbial army. But I, I just feel like revolution comes at a perfect time of year. I think that Tony's done a great job. Tony Khan, that is, our AEW owner, has done a great job spacing out the pay-per-views. You know, and it's a long build, uh, you know, quite honestly, going from a November pay-per-view all the way until March to be able to present a product like that. And, you know, but I, I feel like things are peaking at the right time, which is one of the strengths of the company. I feel like, you know, coming into a pay-per-view about one to two weeks out, we really whet your appetite for what's to come. And I think you saw that last night uh, with the final segment, Brian Danielson, you know, uh, you know, taking it to MJF verbally. We know physically they're going to have the 60-minute Iron Man match, 60-minute Iron Man match coming up on Sunday. Uh, but that being said, I just thought that this promo was really the, a great go-home promo combined with you know the video package that was presented as well so that's one of those things and i think that when you look from top to bottom on this card there are a lot of issues among a lot of wrestlers that have people very intrigued as to how they are ultimately going to end up i thought last night's dynamite was a very strong show uh, i thought it was a great lead up to this weekend's pay-per-view i loved how you had the uh the casino battle royale match last night and the face of the revolution ladder match last night was that a response to maybe people saying that the pay-per-views are too long otherwise? Because I was at Revolution last year, great show, really long. My kids were very tired by the end of the night. <laughs> um, and I look at the card now, there's seven matches this Saturday night. I think that's a perfect number. Yeah, so far. We may have some more matches added, so let's let's stay tuned to that. It's interesting, wrestling fans complaining about having too much wrestling. I, I have a hard time with that a little bit, but I can understand, you know, fatigue of a, of a five-hour pay-per-view show. I get it. It's hard. Attention spans tend to wane. Remember, this one a little bit unique here because of a 60-minute guaranteed match between yeah. MJF and Brian Danielson. So you need to pace your show accordingly, and that obviously is going to be taking up the final hour of the broadcast. So you have fewer things to go with. Uh, I think I like the spacing of the face of the revolution ladder match simply because now you know the powerhouse Hobbs is going to be getting his title shot as TNT championship match against the winner of Samoa Joe and Wardlow uh, coming up on Sunday at revolution. So that's something that whets your appetite for the week to come. Uh, let's be honest here. Sometimes when, when we're trying to promote dynamite for the following week and television is such a major component of our product, what can we pitch? We don't know what the results are going to be of revolution. So how do you go ahead and promote matches if we don't know who the world champion is going to be, if we don't know who the tag team champions are going to be, et cetera. So this though really sets a nice stage to be able to give a match there, which I liked. I also like the fact that now we have this tradition going in and it's been established. And listen, we're a four-year-old company and I'm not using it as an excuse, but it takes time to establish tradition. Okay. Now, you know, that almost every year at revolution, what you're going to end up with is a tag team battle Royal in February, a casino tag team battle Royal in February or early March. And that's going to help determine who's going to be wrestling at revolution. So I think it's just helpful when I don't want to call it formatted programming, but when you, you, you build these traditions and you know, at this time of year, this is what's going to happen. Here's where it's going to, it makes it a little bit easier. I think for fans to follow, I think it makes it easier for us at AEW to present a quality product. So it's one of the things that, that I'm excited about. And trust me, it, it will deliver. We have the zero hour show, 
coming up. I think you're going to hear maybe a little bit of special programming coming up this weekend. I don't want to spill the beans too much on that, but there's going to be some really neat stuff, I think, coming up to help promote Revolution on Sunday at the Cow Palace. I love right, the- I'm sorry, in, in downtown San Francisco. Chase Center, right? Chase Center? Yes, Chase yeah. Center. I loved, uh, I loved the ladder match, Powerhouse Hobbs. That's an obvious winner right there. You want to keep the story going, Wardlow, Samoa Joe. I love that. Uh, the ending was great. You know, the ending was memorable. I know it got a lot of buzz on social media because you had the referees holding the ladder, I would assume because Powerhouse Hobbs damaged it when he pushed uh, Takeshita off the ladder. And I'm trying to say to myself, all right, well, which is the better option? Uh, suspending disbelief that the referees are there for safety or if he would have then left the ring to go get another ladder and bring it in. I think that would have sucked the air out of the building because it would have taken a little too long to go get another ladder. So, like, I know a lot of people were complaining about how it looked, but, like, I was willing to suspend disbelief there for the sake of safety, you know? Zaslow, I love the passion of pro wrestling fans. I mean, to me, this one is, is a lot of nitpicking on something. We want our wrestlers to be safe above all else. And if there is a rickety ladder that a 270-pound man named Will Powerhouse Hobbs is, it needs someone holding that ladder to be able to climb because he got, it, the ladder got damaged during yeah. the match, I, I don't feel that it took away from anything. In fact, I would expect the referee to be able to keep a ladder in place if indeed the ladder's damaged. I don't even know if we had an auxiliary ladder under the ring that would have been able to get to or we'd have to run it out from the back. And remember, our shows are so tight on time when it comes to formatting. So you're talking about, are we going to add two minutes to this match to get a ladder? And at the end of the day, the story is still going in the direction that it's going. So we would have taken two minutes away from something else on that show. So what do we end up doing? We end up shorting one of our matches. I mean, this, it's wrestling. Sometimes if a match ends early due to injury, perhaps, or, or perhaps a referee's count, et cetera, it has a trickle-down effect upon the rest of the show. We have a hard out. We cannot go. This is not like, oh, well, you know, we can go until 10.02 p.m. Eastern time. No, because it messes up TBS Network's programming for the rest of the day, and they have to be able to adjust from there. We have to be out. So to me, at the end of the day, is this going to be something that causes a single fan to say, you know what, the way Will Hobbs won that, that match, Powerhouse Hobbs, I'm just not going to buy the pay-per-view. I, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I mean, I, I just think sometimes we just have to understand we're all human beings too. P- things happen. People can make mistakes. There, nothing is perfect. I, I, I don't think it diminished the, the match one bit. I'm not going to remember Powerhouse Hobbs having Rick Knox holding the, the ladder as he climbs up. What I will remember, number one, that he kept his balance up top, standing at the very top, but also him cradling uh, the, the, you know, the championship ring, so to speak. You know, that ring from that he's going to be cashing in to, to obviously face the winner of Wardlow and Samoa Joe while Wardlow's going through security guards and Samoa Joe is, is storming off. That to me, and Will's got that huge grin on his face like a little kid holding the ring. And by the way, too, I got to tell you, Will's family was backstage and he's from the Oakland area and he used to go to matches at the Cow Palace with his family. Can you imagine the emotion that he had last night doing this? And no one has worked harder in our company to continue to improve, by the way, than him. If you remember, the Will Hobbs' first match uh, in AEW was against Orange Cassidy. It went eight seconds. And you can imagine, you fly all the way from California. You know, the wrestling business is a tough one, you know, psychologically, emotionally, not, not to mention physically. And he comes out and Zaslow, you know, he loses in eight seconds. Like, well, do you guys have a plan for me, et cetera? He proceeded to hang tough. They told him to keep patient. He did. He worked out. Obviously, his body is incredible. And he continued to develop as, as a wrestler. And I'm so proud of Powerhouse Hobbs. He's getting everything that he deserves in AEW. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. 
One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you make, Alex? You know, a big topic on social media. Even I talk about it on my on my show. It's still real to me. Uh, the blood, specifically Moxley. Uh, he's bleeding every week, Alex. Uh, it's 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 a big topic. So, what what do you make of the conversation around the bleeding? I, I mean, I think that the fans will dictate whether or not this is something that they want to see in AEW. Honestly, and and also too. If TBS Network felt that it was excessive, then we would get a memo saying to cut it out. We have not received that memo. I think it's there are some wrestling fans who enjoy that aspect of it, you know, that enjoy what blood is supposed to bring. You know, I know that there's the argument that it's being overused to an extent that it, the more you use it, the less shock value that it has. But in our case, that was an editorial decision that was felt that this is the direction that things were going to go. Uh, you know, when when you come off a, a show like last week where, you know, and I haven't seen the uh, the dynamite ratings for this week, but when you see more than a million viewers tuning in and, and how the John Moxley Evil Uno match did, well, I can make the strong argument that no, it's not excessive because fans are still tuning in and enjoying our product. If you're losing advertisers because of it, if there's some sort of trickle down effect like that, I get it. Look, it says, well, we're not a kid's product either. And, and I think that's what, you know, that's another thing. We've taken things that used to be considered, quote, hardcore and mainstream that. I mean, that's one of the things about AEW. Modern pro wrestling has changed. If you're not into the blood and those types of things, maybe you try to tune into the product elsewhere. I mean, you don't want to see every match having blood because, again, it loses its shock value. But these are editorial decisions. And at the end of the day, if, if it causes fans to turn out, then we need to reconsider the use of it. So far, it hasn't done that. And knock on wood, it won't. And in fact, it might even be enhancing our product because I got to tell you, John Moxley and Hangman Page are telling one heck of a story heading into their Texas death match coming up, you know, at a revolution. So I feel like it's almost enhanced what we're trying to do. I take the opposite tact on that. So like Alex said there, Texas death match this week, and it's one of the main events. Okay. Uh, uh, Moxley hangman page. It's essentially going to be the blow off to their long feud here. You could order on pay-per-view. Of course, I will obviously be watching on Saturday night when you're watching a match like that backstage, a Texas death match. We know it's going to be super violent. These are real guys, all right, for people who want to say wrestling's fake. I mean, obviously, you know, that's that's bullshit. It's scripted. It's not necessarily fake. The blood and all the and the bruises you see in this kind of match is going to be very, very real. So when you're watching something like that backstage, these are guys who maybe you've gotten to know, all right, over the last few years. Like, what are the emotions watching a match like that? <laughs> I am really glad you asked that question. I have a friend named Tom Blattler. I've known him for 33 years. He was in San Francisco on Wednesday night for Dynamite, and we went out for drinks afterwards. And I was explaining to him now that the when you get into the wrestling business, and, and Saslo, just for those who may not know my background, I began writing one of the first nationally syndicated pro wrestling columns back in 1989, just after I graduated from college and, and was working at the Miami Herald. So, you know, for a long time through 2012, I wrote a weekly pro wrestling column 
back when they had newspapers. Uh, it was the largest syndicated column for a while in the United States and Canada. And I would look at wrestling a lot differently. I look at it as a fan, like, oh my gosh, you know, this match was three stars, two stars, or what, you know, those types of things, the Dave Meltzer scale, et cetera. When you go behind the scenes, like I have for the past four years and worked at this company, I have done a 180 on how much I see so much. I see inaccurate media reporting, people who are only reporting partial truths on stories that they don't know. You know, I, I see the callous nature sometimes of media that are calling for people to get fired who don't even understand the backstory of what it is that they're trying, you know, of things that they may be dealing with, et cetera. And now when it comes to matches, I enjoy, listen, I, as a wrestling fan, you enjoy the athleticism and oh my gosh. But to be honest with you, more often than not, I just want my coworkers to be able to get out of the match safely. Yeah. I mean, I, and that's a different type of approach, you know what I mean, toward how I had wrestling before. I mean, I am a wrestling fan, but I am seeing things in a very different way because I do worry about, you know, some of the risks that, that my coworkers take. I worry about the toll it may take on them later in life. I know that AEW has a great medical staff. I know that they do their very best to try to take care of our performers, you know, before, during, and after matches. I also know that, that performers are not not told to do things that they're not comfortable with if you don't want to do something then guess what you're not going to do it and plus sometimes you, talent may come to you with an idea that's like okay i want to i want to do this type of of thing we're like no that's too risky we're not going to have you do that it's just not right so it, it, for me I, i'm not your average fan that that's the thing about it anymore and, and it's changed in a lot of ways but in a, in a good way because uh one thing that i can say about working at aew is that it has caused me to take a look at life a lot differently like in my entire life about how i view things about empathy toward people. I mean, everyone going out there is trying to do the very best job that they can. And, you know, everyone, you know, wrestling fans are, are a very interesting beast, so to speak. Unless it can be so critical, but it's also because they have a passion for wrestling and you have to weigh that type of thing, you know, that they want to see a great product, but sometimes the personal attack, sometimes you know, just getting involved in wrestlers' personal lives, it gets so excessive. And I just think, you know, everyone take a step back. You know what I mean? I mean, these are human beings as well who are trying to present a fun product, and, and I really believe AEW does that. Well, my biggest thing, okay, like you said there, because the wrestling fan, is especially, you know, especially the internet wrestling fan, is is a really interesting breed. They're obviously super passionate, but I feel like there's so much negativity. There's so much complaining. And for me, look, it boils down to, I've been watching wrestling my whole life. It boils down to, it's a TV show. It's a show. Why would you keep watching a show every single week that literally has no no weeks off. There's no off season. Why would you watch a show every single week that you're constantly complaining about the stories and the writing and and the acting? Let's say, why would you want to watch that show? So like I I don't understand a lot of the negativity. You know who had an inter very interesting take on this? This was a few years ago on Busted Open Radio was uh, Bubba Ray Dudley, and he called it hate watching. And I I had a, it was a really interesting thing that he said. Just people who are programmed to tune into a show, but have, have gotten soured by the show. So now they just spend their two hours just ripping it apart and just saying how terrible things are. Why would Look, I we spend my time doing that? We have a cottage industry. AW has subsidized the Jim Coronets of the world, uh, people that just want to attack the product. And, and you know, essentially, you know, in, in, on their podcasts, we're making them money based upon what it is that we do. So people are able to leech off of our product. And, and you know, I'm not saying that they're not brilliant wrestling minds or don't have opinions that, that should be listened to. I mean, that, that's it. It's the media business. It's critiques. And you have to have thick skin and you have to do all that. But I mean, Let's think about it. Sometimes all of this can also be contrived because you need to have people, if you're outside of AEW, listening to your show. So you need to create a conflict that will cause someone to, to generate the clickbait headlines, to perpetrate your financial realities that, you know, you need to have to be able to make money off of us. 
So I, again, I, I, I also too, sometimes if, if someone goes after me on Twitter and I love that mute button, cause you'll never know that you're gone, right. <laughs> but you know, 18,000 tweets, 400 followers, like what am I supposed to do here? And I'm going to get engaged in a conversation with you about this. No, you know, if you come at me and you, you raise something reasonable, sure. And it's not even really my place to do any of this. I'm just, you know, Mongo pawn and game of life. But I mean, again, I, that's why I try to tune out social media and social media is as low, just real quick, since we're going on a rant here. For your mental health, folks, take a step away from time to time, because all, everything that you see flashed in front of you is eliciting an emotional response, response in your brain. I got off Facebook because as much as I'm happy that an old high school a classmate may have had a grandchild <laughs> and that's awesome. OK, at the same time, I may get political rhetoric on my feet or yeah. I may have someone having a bad day who decides that they want to emote, you know, about how terrible their life is. And they're dragging me down and it's taking a mental drain on me. So I just think like we all need to take a step back with the social media. Why do you tune in? You enjoy the stuff that you you like. And if you don't like yeah. it as a wrestling fan, let it go. Move yeah. on. Guess what? We'll have more programming next week. That's it. You know what? Tune in next week. You might find something that you like. And if you don't like it, then ultimately you have to make a decision about whether this is the best use of your time. So the main event, of course, this weekend, 60-minute Ironman match, MJF, Brian Danielson, we know Daniel and great promo to end the show last night, like you said. Now that right there, and it was obviously it, it was it was muted on my television. I found out later on that Danielson, you know, he said, uh, I'm I'm gonna kick your I'm gonna kick your fucking head in, is what he ended up saying. It was obviously uh, uh muted out on, on my broadcast. I'm sure it was on everyone's broadcast. Good. So Brian doesn't have to pay the fine, yes. Yeah, so so it was muted out. Uh but that right there I thought was a great example of and 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 the and the the comparing to say Moxley and the blood, I was like, oh shit, Danielson is so angry. I mean, he cursed her. Like, and for me, the like I would then compare that to the blood, where it's like, yeah, the Texas Death Match is it's going to be really violent, and I'm sure it's going to be really cool. But like, I'm not going to be shocked when he bleeds. But I right. was shocked when when Danielson cursed like that. So I know that it's this is going to be a heavy hitting match. You know. Well, what happened was, you know, initially it became, you know, with MJF and Danielson, it was a wrestling match, right? That MJF was essentially trying to avoid by, by you know, hiring a group of people to try to injure Brian Danielson. But then over the past two weeks, I feel like this match has, has really elevated itself due to the personal nature of what yeah. was involved. I mean, MJF bringing in, you know, Brian Danielson's family involved in this, his kids. I mean, you know, crossing certain lines, no shock from MJF, but things that, that are very touchy. For a lot of people. And then for Brian to respond the way that he did, I thought was an amazing, you know, promo because clearly MJF has gotten under his skin. And it was one of those rare occasions where MJF didn't not only did he not get in the last word, he got in no words, right. essentially. Right. And then someone turning the tables on him. And then, That's what he looked. Yeah. He looked scared. And mentioning also too his recent breakup and, you know, bringing in his personal life yeah. into all this, which I'm sure Naomi was thrilled to hear. But nonetheless, uh, it was, you know, just this type of situation with, with MJF and Danielson. So I feel like, look, we know they're going to deliver in the ring. I mean, these, these are two of the very best wrestlers in the business. I mean, Brian Danielson, I mean, the Observer Technical Wrestler of the Year Award is named after him and he won it again in 2022. We know MJF's, a, a, you know, uh, an incredible uh, talent. So it's it's interesting that, you know, that this, this match, these two styles – in a 60 minute match. I mean, I just think the fans are going to be rewarded. It's, it's, you know, it's pure wrestling almost, you know what I mean? Because you know that you're going to get something great from bell to bell. It's going to be fascinating. I can't wait to see it unfold. 
Bleacher Report, right? That's how everybody can order it this Saturday night? Yes, yes, Bleacher Report. And I believe we have regular pay-per-view. I know that there is a movie theaters with Joe Hand yeah. production. So you'll be able to, if you want to go to a theater, experience it in that setting with a number of different fans. That's always fun. It's how, Zaslow, I don't know if you, you know, I don't think you're as old as me, but I do know that, you know, a couple of WrestleManias I, I went to at the James L. Knight Center and, uh, you know, the Miami Beach Convention Center at one point had, a, I think, Starcade uh, 87, uh, the Night of the Skywalkers. I was able to watch that uh, on a closed circuit deal. So it, it's very fun to be around other wrestling fans it's, it's a little bit it's different watching it you know at a movie theater but but it is a lot of fun and I, and I do think though it's cool because you get to share that collective experience that you wouldn't necessarily get if you're watching it at home alone not that we're discouraging you from ordering the show at home alone but again it's also fun as a group I was nine years old I watched Wrestlemania 6 on closed circuit television at Miami Arena there you go yeah yeah exactly. so we did that once we watched on closed circuit television for the young people listening right now, you have no idea what closed circuit television <laughs> is. But WrestleMania 6, I'm nine years old. We watched that there. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a great show. I'm really looking forward to it. I want to ask you, uh, before we let you go here, Sirius XM NFL Radio, of course. Alex covered the Dolphins for a very long time. Uh, the, the rumor right now, all right, I don't know if there's any validity to it, but Lamar Jackson, he's waiting for the new contract. We don't know what's going to happen there. Are the Dolphins going to pick up the fifth-year rookie option on Tua? Do you think there's any any possible conversation to be had about a swap there between quarterbacks and Dolphins saying, hey, we will pay Lamar Jackson what he's asking for. Let's work out a deal. Do you think there's anything to that? I would be stunned. It makes no sense on paper. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, why would you trade for Tua Tungvaloa? I mean, Tua is great when he's healthy, but let's be honest, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And then, by the way, he wants to get paid, too. You know, it's not like, you know, he doesn't want to get a new contract himself and and his agents are going to drive a hard bargain. They're not compelled to do anything beyond, you know, have him play out his rookie deal. And then you may end up in the same type of situation that you had with Lamar Jackson that you may not be able to agree on a price point. I Plus, what type of draft capital are you going to have to give up? It's not like the Miami Dolphins. They don't have a first round pick and it's not like the Ravens. They're ready to win now. So I think that that I think the big focus should just be on who is the best backup that the Dolphins can get you know, try to be able to, to play because you just, you have to go into the assumption that two is not going to be able to make it through an entire season. I hate to say that. I hate to say that, you know, and maybe if the Dolphins get him a running game and do him a couple favors, and maybe if this offensive line, you know, finally gets together, which Zazzle, since I last covered the team in 07, that's still been an issue. I mean, you know, they keep throwing investment stuff at it, whether it's a free agent signing or draft picks, this is not a great offensive line by any means. I don't know why. I don't know what the talent assessment problem is, but nonetheless, the focus for the Dolphins should be who is the best fit as a backup quarterback, that if we have to play a number of games, we're not getting Teddy Bridgewater again. We're not getting Skylar Thompson again. Maybe Skylar can continue to improve, but let's be honest here. I mean, it's just, you know, he, he needs time to develop as a quarterback, and this Dolphins team doesn't have time. They're ready to win now. You have players who are in their prime, all the free agent moves that were made. So you need a backup quarterback who becomes available that can fit into what it is that Mike McDaniel's running. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is that guy because he's going to end up being a starter somewhere in this league. But is there someone who can operate, you know, this system, you know, for the Dolphins and do it effectively, take advantage of the gifts that, that you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle bring to the table. Find another running back, by the way. You got to get somebody who can carry that rock. There are free agent options available, the draft as well, but find somebody 
to build this running game and then roll from there with Tua. I don't expect the Dolphins to pick up the fifth-year rookie option, nor nor should the Tua camp expect for them to pick up that fifth-year rookie option. I think we're looking at a Daniel Jones-type situation where Daniel played out the fourth year of his rookie contract, proved that he could be a good quarterback in this league, and is ultimately headed toward a franchise tag that could pay him a good amount of money. I mean, if they use an exclusive tag on him, that's $45 million in salary guaranteed for the 2023 season. That puts him right up near the top of the class. And let's be honest here, Daniel Jones isn't exactly talent-wise up at the top of this class. So to me, uh, my feeling is for the Dolphins, don't pick up the fifth-year option on Tua. Try to find your backup quarterback who's going to be able to carry this team moving forward and put the Lamar Jackson dreams to rest. Excellent job, Alex. Tell everybody how they can hear you next on SiriusXM NFL Radio. I'm all I'm on all over the map. Usually I host on late hits. I host on weekends, 2 to 6 p.m. Eastern time, usually with Zig Fracassi, SiriusXM NFL Radio, Channel 88. I'm on Twitter at Alex Marvez. Of course, backstage, AEW, uh, you know, All Elite Wrestling every week, different part of the country, you know, just traveling the world, doing my thing and loving life, man. Zaslow, thank you so much thank for being you. with us and continued success, my friend. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, Alex. Excellent job. Thank you. So I was able to mix in, give you a little bit of that Dolphins right there. Excellent job by Alex Marvez. Again, I'm in a very good mood today. If you didn't check out the Levitard show yet today, make sure you listen to our entire show. Listen to all of Zaslow's show 2.0 today, and then go watch or listen to the Levitard show local hours. I was on with those guys, feeling real good about that. We talked a bit of Panthers, actually. A lot of arguing about the Panthers, actually. So tonight, the Panthers, and by the way, coming up, my man Yuli Diaz, local fighter, just won a fight in London this past weekend. You know, you know, I met Yuli through his wife, Dana Brooke, WWE superstar Dana Brooke, who's a lovely girl, and, and Yuli I've become friends with. So we're going to get Yuli on. haven't spoken in a while. He's going to join us here in a few minutes. But first, uh, I want to get to the Panthers real quick before we get to Yuli. So the Panthers tonight have the Predators. And I, I'm just going to put it out there. All right, this, this is a true story. I'm trying to go. All right. Now, everybody knows, if, if I'm going to buy tickets, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to the game. I'm going to go. I'll, I'll buy tickets. But if I'm trying to go, everybody knows that means I'm looking for that hookup. That's the bat signal. So we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I'm trying to go to the Panther game tonight. Panthers and Predators, Star Wars night. But anyway, the Predators, uh, excuse me, the Panthers, 66 points right now. Three coming off of a great win in Tampa. Three points back of the final Wild card spot. There's two of them. They're three points back of Pittsburgh, and they're four points back of the Islanders. But the Penguins have two games in hand, while the Panthers have two games in hand on the Islanders. So the Panthers are actually closer to the Islanders, if you want to do it like that. But they're in a three-way tie right on the outside with Buffalo and Washington. All three teams, including the Panthers, have 66 points. And then two points back are Ottawa and Detroit. It is a log jam, all right? You got seven teams fighting for two wildcard spots. That's why all these games, including tonight, are monster games. Now, I do want to, once again, I want to thank everybody who listens to the show because today, and I just noticed this, 100th episode. That's right. You're listening to the podcast, and you, 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 probably, you probably knew before I did because you click on, on the show, you click on today's episode, Number 100, 100th episode of Zaslow Show 2.0. So I really appreciate everybody. Tell all your friends, tell your family members. If you're interested in sponsorship opportunities, so glad to have Broward Meat and Fish aboard. We got uh, we got another sponsor who's on the way also. Like I said, we're looking to add a couple more here. So if you're interested, you hit me up. 
You can go to at Zaslow Show on Twitter. It's got my email right there, and maybe we could work something out. We'll see if it's good for you. We'll see if it's good for me. Maybe we should partner up and become a team. I don't know. I can't tell the future, but we'll see about that. So I love all you guys, and super appreciative of Broward Meat and Fish, of course, for joining the show. This Saturday, come on out. This Saturday, Broward Meat and Fish Plus in Margate, 10A to 4P. It's going to be like a party out there. And, of course, Johnny Cuba going to be doing all kinds of sample giveaways. You come on out. You come check us out. That Come on. Have a couple drinks. Yeah, Johnny Cuba. Delicious. You know what I'm talking about. Pick up a six-pack right there at Broward Meat and Fish while you're at it. Okay. So the Panthers tonight, huge game for them. The Heat, they're back at it tomorrow for the second game of this five-game homestand, which is looking like a disaster. After last night's loss, tomorrow it's the Knicks. But, gotta get to my... Look, a huge weekend coming up with pro wrestling. This past weekend was a very big weekend in the combat sports world as well. Everyone knows all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0, of course, are brought to us by our beer of choice. Official beer of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. European roots with a Caribbean soil. You think of Miami, you think of Johnny Cuba. Grab yourself a German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny at your local Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco y Mas. You always got to drink responsibly. And, of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra. Stay tranquilo. Joining us here on Zaslow Show 2.0, one of my favorites. I love this guy. Yuli Diaz, fresh off of another win. That's right. There he is. I love being able to do this, Yuli, where now, you know, I got my own podcast. It's only me. Well, it's strictly my thing now. So this is your debut on Zaslow Show 2.0. But I love this because we can see each other now. It's so much better, right? Absolutely. I love it. I love it. I, I, yeah, I get to see you. Uh, uh, congratulations on having your own show. And, and thank you so much again for this opportunity. So you know I love talking to you about everything you've been through, everything you're going through now, and just the entire fight game. You're one of my favorite stories. Uh, and, and you're coming off of uh, another win. Now, this was... This was, uh, uh, was it bare knuckle? Was it MMA? Because well, you're doing everything now. So what, what was this most recent fight that I saw you come out of, Victor? No, this most recent fight was an exhibition boxing, glove boxing match. Uh, it was at the O2 Arena in London. That's amazing. I was on, I was on the undercard of uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Aaron Chalmers. Um, it was an amazing opportunity. I was, I was scheduled to fight as a co-main event. Uh, but then they put two girls from a reality show as the co-main event. You know, they, they spiced up the drama and they had the screaming back and forth, which is not my style. But God bless them. They had a they had a great, you know, they had a great a great show. It was an amazing, it was an amazing opportunity to be there. Dude, that's like O2 Arena, that's a major, major venue. Like what like what was that like? O2 Arena it was not only is it a major venue, but I got to grace the same floor that Floyd Mayweather fought on. Probably 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes after my fight, it was packed to the gills, the rafters. It was, uh, you know, it holds 20,000. I had, to, I have to say, if it wasn't, if it wasn't 20, it was very close. That, uh, it was a ton of people there. It was amazing. And, you know, to, to fly across the pond and go take care of business over there was just uh, another blessing on its, uh, in itself. So how does that work? Did you, like, how many days do you want to get there in advance when you're talking about flying overseas? You're talking about a time difference. How did that affect your, you know, your training? You know what? I did a lot of reading up on this before I, before I did it, before I did a long trip, you know, because it's, it's about an eight-hour flight over there. Uh, so I got there. I got there a week before the fight, 
And what I learned was, so I flew, I left Miami at 11 p.m. I got there at noon the next day because it's a five-hour time difference. And what I did is once I landed, I went to the hotel, dropped everything off, and went sightseeing. Didn't go to sleep until you stay up. Yep. Right, right. And uh, I did that continuously for a couple of days. I never, I didn't have not one bad day. I didn't feel sluggish. I, I felt great. And um, like I was mentioning you before, we got we got on the show. The the food over there was amazing. The people were great to me. I didn't meet one person I didn't like in London. <laughs> um, you know, a big shout out also to my opponent. His name is Hollis Kalis Kareem. He's a guy out of London. He was a, he was a local guy. A uh, tough kid. He was uh, eight and old, and it was he gave me he gave me an amazing fight, man. And and you know we walk we walk in as opponents and as enemies. We walked out as brothers, man. It was a great night. Do you ever feel bad after a fight? Like you're saying this a nice kid, you know, and you know, how did you win? Did you win by knockout decision? How did you win? No, so like I said, it's, a, it's an exhibition fight on the on, on the judges' scorecards. I, the judges, you know, they, I, I won the fight on the judges' scorecards, but at the end of the night. They, they, if it's not by knockout, which it wasn't by knockout, they raise both our hands. You know, it, it, it seems like it's a draw. Um, because at the end of the day, it was an exhibition. You know, do you ever, do you ever feel bad afterward? Like, like a guy that look, you've knocked guys out, you knock them out, and then you're like, oh man, they're a really nice guy. Like, I kind of feel bad. I knocked you out. Is that weird? Uh, you know what? It's not weird to me, man. I, I get asked this question a lot. It's not, and because you know, it, it's a business. You know, it's a business. We're both going into it. He's coming in trying to knock my head off, yeah. you know, and I'm going in trying to knock his head off. I made the best man win. And I have respect for anybody that gets in a ring, in the cage, in the, in the square circle, as they call the bare knuckle ring. Uh, so I respect everybody that gets in there. I, I I don't do any trash talking. If I get, if you do trash talk to me, I'm very good at reciprocating it. <laughs> but uh, I, I try to keep it real gentleman-like and real, you know, uh, real respectful. And me and me and Kareem kept it respectful. You know, we 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 and we we went in there. We gave, we actually had fight of the night. Also, you know, uh, according to to the crowd and everybody that was there watching, and the promoter who's been texting me. You know, we had fight of the night. We went we went out. We we held. We didn't hold no punches, and and we left it all in the ring. I told you, man. It was it was like the weirdest experience for me. It was it was. I don't know. We're talking probably a couple years ago when I went and I saw you fight. Uh, was it Tiago Alves? I think yes. right, uh, and that was for that cha- for the championship bare knuckle fighting. And I was there. I was ringside. You know, an amazing fight. It was so much fun. And 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 you were like you were winning the fight early on, and then he started winning the fight. And it's like, oh, I, I didn't like seeing my friend getting beat up. Like I was just standing there watching. Like and you're bleeding a little bit again. Amazing fight. And it's like, oh, I I didn't like seeing that. I didn't, I don't like watching you get punched. And I can't even imagine like. I know you brought your boys to the fight, you know, yeah. you won this fight, but is, is that a weird thing to explain to them after the fight where it's like, Hey, I'm all right. It's all part of it. Like, what's that like, man? Yeah. You, you know what? Uh, in that fight, I, was, I wasn't bleeding a little bit. I was, ble- I was bleeding a lot of yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That was a tough fight, man. Uh, again, an honor to share the ring with him. I, I, I watched him come up in his career and I got my chance to fight him. Um, as for my kids, you know, I, I've been doing this for for it's going on seven years now. They've uh, they've they've you know I've thank God I've been able to I've won a lot more than I've lost. But for those losses, you know what I like to teach my boys when they come see me is that I don't quit. You know I don't quit. Uh, of course nobody wants to lose. I don't train to lose. I train to win every fight. But sometimes some some people you know are out there. It's their night. And they 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 were the better man. 
Uh, always be a gentleman. As, as much as you're on your wins, be be one of your losses. Uh, keep your head up and get right back in the gym and get right back to work. You know, that's what I like to teach them. Um, you know, they do, of course, they, they're kids. They get worried, you know, and, and I've been very blessed that I, I haven't had any major injuries to where, you know, anything has had to stop or anything where I've even had to go really see a doctor or anything. So I've been I've been good in, on that aspect. But yeah, it's tough on them when, when they're when they're ringside and they're watching and they, you know the fight starts going either way, you know, it, it's tough for them. Yeah. It, it it's been tough for them, you know, in certain points. But then when the fight's over, everybody takes a big sigh of relief and, and we go out and have a great time. Are they interested? Like, do they try and train a little bit? Do they want to do some boxing? So so they they they, they love boxing. My my son's actually been asking me to start training again. Uh, during COVID, we trained every single day. Uh, they're actually very good. Both of them are very good at boxing. I had them in wrestling. But right now, they just finished basketball season. Tackle tackle football season ended a couple of months ago. Right now, they're in flag football season. And I want to kind of keep them in that because they're with their friends from school. They got a, they got a good schedule going. And uh, if, if I had my choice, I would not want them to fight, uh, you know, when they grow up as a profession. I would not want them to do that. But I definitely want them to know how to defend themselves, how to protect their friends. And I've always felt, this is my opinion, I've always felt that people that know how to defend themselves and know what they're doing when it comes to that are less likely to be bullies. People who don't know how to fight and feel like they have to show themselves, you know, end up being the ones who are who are bullies, you know. So so I like for them to, to not be not be bullies. Don't be, don't be, don't be a bully. Don't get bullied either. I'm very inspired by your whole story, man. And everything you're saying, uh, I've told you that before. And like, do you ever, do you ever think like everything you just said right now about your kids? I mean, it's amazing. Everything you just said about them and the bullying and protect themselves, protecting their friends. And even just coming from this trip in London, you got your kids there with you. You got, you got your wife, of course, who's Dana Brooke from WWE. You got your mother there. Like, do you ever think back, man, however many years ago, 10, 12, 15 years ago, whatever it was, when you were in trouble, do, do you ever do you ever think to yourself, man, I I mean, how did amazing that I've created this life now? I absolutely think that all the time, Zazlo. You know what? Uh I've uh last year, no, I'm sorry. Was the last year? Last year, September, we uh we put out a short film called Never Too Late. You can find it on, on my Don't Blink YouTube. Uh, we won five five best short documentary awards for for the it's a twelve minute movie that we put on about my life, and I do I have I have these uh I guess I, I call them like out of body experiences because I I feel like I'm floating out and I'm looking down on myself and I'm it, it's amazing how far you know I've come how far my family has come with me uh again i'm very blessed to have been able to change my direction in life even at a late age i'll be 42 in two weeks man so uh i i was able to change my direction in life at a late age i was able to snap out of the bs that i was doing you know for most of my life and and now i have opportunities like this to be able to speak to you i uh, i just did career day at my kid's school uh, I had another friend uh, that her friend, her daughter wanted me to do career day hair school. And just having these opportunities, I get to feed the homeless, which you know I do. Yeah. Uh, now we're working with a foster home called SOS Children's Village. We're, uh, we're very involved with them. And I just, all these opportunities, I just got to fly to London and fight on a Floyd Mayweather undercard. Things that 
fighting has brought into my life. And I, I like, I have a saying. I tell, I tell everybody, fighting has saved, saved my life. You know, as weird as it may sound to people, fighting really truly saved my life. Was there like a moment where the light just clicked on, and you're like, I, I got to change this shit. I, I can't be doing this anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, there, there was a, definitely a moment, I, and I'll never forget it. It was uh, November of 2016, and and uh, I, I was just tired of all. Of, that's one thing. Like you know. You could always wish the best for people and and give people uh, advice on what to do, but if you don't want to, if you don't have it in to do it yourself, then you're not gonna get it done. So finally, this that day in November of 2016, I was tired of my own crap. Uh, I, I I was tired of of what I had going on, uh, and and I I just I was looking for a way out. And you know, fighting came in my head. I I, I honestly. My first thought was like, man, you know, I love fighting. I did amateur boxing and fighting as a kid. I wanna, I'm gonna give this a try and just uh, my bucket listing and and you know take a couple pictures for Instagram and tell my kids I did it. And the moment I started it, before I even got to my first fight, just the hard work I had to put in, uh, I became accountable to people, accountable to my coach, accountable to the people in my gym. Because if I missed a day, they'd call me like, hey, what's wrong? Everything all right? Where you at? So that accountability, the consistency, and the hard work that I put in, uh, once I got to to reap the benefits of it, which was getting my first fight, winning by knockout, it was the best moment I've ever had in my life, the best feeling, uh, and, and just and that's what just kept me going. I was like, you know what? Let me let one more. Let me do this one more time. And one more time has turned into seven years later, twenty five plus fights in almost every combat sport. Uh, I have the record for the fastest knockout in combat sports history, and and man, it just it just I'm married to a beautiful woman that that's a you know a superstar in WWE, and life just keeps getting better. And I feel like, you know, you do good, you get good back, and you work hard, and and good things uh, just keep coming in. I love it, man. Uh, when you win a fight, or I guess it could be after you lose a fight too, when you're done with a fight, done with training. But after you win a fight, you did all the training, you're eating right, you're not drinking probably. After you win the fight, like what's what's the meal? What's the celebration meal? What's the cheat meal that night or the next night? Uh, man, you know, ah, it, it, it's always different. But but I'll tell you what, leading up to a fight, when I'm when I'm when I'm cutting out foods I can't eat. I love for some reason to watch food channel shows. No these food competitions and stuff. Yeah. So I'll make a list. I have a notebook with a list of like, I want to try this burger joint. I want to try this pizza joint. I want to try this pasta. You know, and things like that. I'll tell you what, in, in the in London, after I won the fight and we walked out, I was with, you know, my mom, my wife, and my two kids. Uh, we're looking for places to eat. It was late. It was about 11, 11 30. We went, we went to a couple of different places. I'm already getting kind of hangry at the moment, you know? <laughs> um, and I ended up in McDonald's. <laughs> and McDonald's you're in, in London, London but... and you're in McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, because I just... The, some places the kids couldn't get in because it was too late. And I guess they turned like restaurants into like discos. I didn't know that yeah. at the moment. And then, and then other places were just closed. And McDonald's was literally door-to-door with my hotel, so... <laughs> I went in there, got me a Big Mac, got me a quarter pounder with cheese, got me some fries. I got every dessert on the menu, and I had a great time. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. That's really good. Tell everybody, like you said, the Don't Blink podcast. Tell tell everyone what what Monsters got going on right now. All right, so so man, I got a lot going on right now. You know, I just uh, I just ran my first half marathon. I'm running another half marathon on 305 day on Sunday. I'm running a half marathon at Miami Beach. 
Uh, I just signed up for my first triathlon. Uh, I got a lot of big things like that coming up as well as 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 well as fighting. Uh, you know, we talked before the show got on. I got a big opportunity coming now. Uh, we'll come back and do another show once yeah. the, once all that gets signed and sealed and delivered. Uh, don't blink podcast right now is on a break just because I have a lot going on with the with the fighting uh, with the fighting. But they can still go to Don't Blink Podcast, you know, catch up on some shows. And I have a lot of new things coming to the channel. So, uh, and, and on the channel as well, you can also find Never Too Late, which is a documentary, five-time award-winning documentary that we made. So, you know, and you can also find me at Yuli, U-L-Y underscore monster on Instagram. That's a daily thing. You keep up with me daily on that. Awesome. You know, I love having you on the program, man. I love your story. Continued success. I'm glad you won last week. Really good stuff, Yuli. You're welcome on the program anytime. You know that. Zazo, I truly appreciate you, man. You've been with me since the beginning. Always showed me love. Always give me a, a voice. I truly appreciate you. How's your son doing? Oh, yeah, we're good. Uh, the older one, lots of soccer. We're, we're traveling all over Dayton Brown. We're playing soccer. Uh, the younger one's playing some basketball. We're, we're very, very busy here, Yuli. Very busy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, hey, well, blessings to you, man. Thank you so much. And we'll speak again in a couple of days once I sign, seal, and deliver this fight. Definitely. Definitely. Great job, Yuli. Right. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. Excellent job by Yuli Diaz, of course. And like you said, we'll get him back on soon. He's got another fight coming up, which uh, hasn't quite been announced yet. Love having him on the program. Uh, I love his story, man. Like I, like I told him, you heard right there. I love his story. All right. You know how we do. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Come on now. Big deal or not a big deal. We wrap up all the big stories, not just the sports world, in the world that we didn't get to so far in the show. We do it right here in big deal or not a big deal. So last night, the Los Angeles Lakers, no Anthony Davis because it was a second night of a back-to-back, no LeBron James because he's dealing with an injury. Lakers won at the Thunder, 123-117. They're now 30-33 and 33 on the year. As far as the Western Conference goes, they are still on the outside looking in. They're one game back of number 10, New Orleans. Big deal or not a big deal that we still don't know the extent of LeBron James's injury. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, we, we literally don't know. I'm going big deal because here's what I think is going on. I think that means it's serious. Like, how do we know? He's been out several games now. How do we not know what his injury is? It's not like the National Hockey League where they only have to tell you lower body or upper body. How do we not know LeBron's injury? This is a big deal because I think it's serious. I don't know if we're going to see him again this season. Apparently, he's going to be reevaluated in a couple weeks. But reevaluated for what? What's the injury? I think it's probably an injury that's going to keep him out the rest of the year. But he doesn't want the information released. And he probably believes that he'll get back before the end of the year. So that's part of the reason he doesn't want the information released. That's my guess. But I think it's a big deal. I think it's a bad sign. Big deal or not a big deal. Aaron Rodgers. Yesterday, he made an appearance on some podcast called the, like, Aubrey Marcus podcast, I think. And he's out of his douchebag darkness retreat. He said he's going to make a decision soon enough. That there's finality to the decision, so it's not an easy decision. Well, that right there to me sounds like he's contemplating retirement, right? Because there's finality to that decision. And that would lead you to believe that if he decides to play, it's only going to be for one more year because he doesn't know if he wants to keep playing. Well, this is a big deal because that ruins the Packers. You know, if they're going to trade him away and go with Jordan Love, which is what it sounds like, why would the team who's going to trade for him give the Packers a ton if it's only going to be for one year? 
of Aaron Rodgers. Also, he's going to make a decision soon enough. What was the douchebag darkness retreat for? He's sitting there in the dark for like four days. You weren't thinking about this? What were you thinking about? This is a big deal. He's very tough to take now, Aaron Rodgers. Big deal or not a big deal? So how about this? You know Charles Barkley, Ernie Johnson, they do an NBA on TNT podcast, right? And Barkley had a great 92 Dream Team Michael Jordan story. Me, him, Chuck Daly, and David Robinson go play golf. We're playing Puerto Rico that afternoon. Chuck says, hey, guys, we played 18. Let's go. Michael said, I'm going to play another 18. Chuck said, we got a game tonight. He says, I'll be good. <laughs> we get to the game. David, you got this guy. Charles, you got this guy. Michael, you got, got this guy. Michael said, no, I got the, I got the point guard. What? You don't want to guard the two guard? Michael's kind of leaning down. Michael looking like. I said I got the point guard. He said some shit about me in the newspaper, and I'm going to get him. <laughs> and we're looking around like, uh-oh, this little kid in trouble. It's just amazing how he played 36 holes of golf, and he's guarding this dude like it's game seven. And he's talking, don't you ever say my damn name again. I'm like, yo, man, there's something wrong with this dude. I'm going big deal. I love that story. Uh, Man, 36 holes of golf. I mean, look, the competition back then, 1992. Dream Team was killing everybody. But, yeah, Michael Jordan was a crazy person. I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? Finally, so the Atlanta Hawks' new coach, Quinn Snyder, joined the team a couple nights ago, right? First game. Well, there's a report out now that Trey Young is a major problem. Trey Young seems to be a coach killer. And that the locker room is, quote, broken and unfixable. So we could be headed toward a place where after this year, maybe the Hawks cut ties with Trey Young. And here's the thing, Trey Young, I, I don't know if people realize when it comes to Trey Young, Trey Young's not as good as people think he is. And what I'm talking about is shooting, right? Like Trey Young's thing, big time three point shooter. Well, a big time three point shooter doesn't shoot under 33% from three. For his career, he's 35%. That's not a big time three point shooter. And if he's also a problem in the locker room, Not just with the coaches. This report is saying, this story is that he's not popular with the teammates either. And the locker room is broken and unfixable. This is a big deal. This is certainly a story to watch. So that right there is another addition. A big deal or not a big deal. Yes. Excellent job. Great start to the day today. Again, make sure you listen or watch Levitard Show Local Hour. Your boy, two-time championship broadcaster. They welcome me in there. I had a really great time. I hope we do it again. You can always hit me up at Zaslow Show on Twitter. You can always hit me up on Instagram where I'm an influencer, at Zaslow J. Appreciate everyone. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, 
Stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow Mansion safe, that's not an easy task unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies for both trailers and motorhomes. Let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it, it can be dizzying. Don't worry, they specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com, 954 589 2204.